Chapter 8 Taking the Sales Out of Selling. There are two hyper-simple things in business, what you're selling and selling what you're selling. Here's the difference. The thing you're selling should never be the thing you do for a living. In other words, if you're a life coach, you shouldn't be selling sessions of life coaching. If you're a plumber, you shouldn't be selling your plumbing services. If you're in computer IT, you shouldn't be selling service packages. The reason for this rather non-intuitive approach Simple. Before you can start selling, you have to recognize what it is you're actually selling. To do that, you have to move your perspective from where it is, inside your business, and instead put yourself in the perspective of your customer, outside your business, looking in. For example, if you're a life coach, it's fairly unlikely that someone's going to come up to you and say, boy, I could really use a life coach. Do you know one? It's more likely you'd chat with someone, see where they might need your services, and then start talking about how life coaching works. Unfortunately, while that is very intuitive, it's a terrible idea for selling your services. The terrible part is that in talking about life coaching, you're mostly talking about yourself. And the truth is, What you do isn't of interest to anybody except you. So if it's not the benefits of your services, what is it you should be selling? Simple. Only, only, only ever sell what it is that people want. Now we've arrived at the hard part of this process. You need to figure out what people want in relation to what you offer. A life coach might say, I help people be happier or more successful. Not nearly specific enough. Lots of things fit that category. You have to determine the intersection of what you do and what people want. Where do those two things meet? Only after you determine where that is can you start talking in those terms of what people want, speaking directly from their needs and desires, not your own. Once you understand that, you just begin to understand what it truly is you're selling. One of the biggest mistakes people make in trying to sell what they do is they inadvertently promote someone else. For instance, back at the life coach, he says, you should really get a life coach if you want to be more successful. The person hearing that may agree, hey, I do need to get a life coach. And they go right out and hire a different life coach. They weren't incentivized to work with that life coach. The other problem in opening someone up to the idea that they need more success is that they may choose to solve the problem by reading a book, attending a seminar, or seeing a therapist. There's a lot of help out there that isn't life coaching. So, what's the solution? First, you must always present yourself as a thought leader in your field. You're an expert with specific knowledge in your field that many others don't have. You want to say things like, here's the big mistake most people in my industry make, and here's what I do differently. Set yourself apart. Offer the benefit of your knowledge freely. Give helpful advice at every opportunity. 
Selling isn't the constant act of trying to close a deal. It's a free exchange of knowledge, a benefit at all times to your potential customers. Don't sell like you're a beggar on the street corner asking for change. Instead, be the person handing out gold bars. Your knowledge will make them interested in you and want to know more. Hold the position of being in service to people at all times. It's an attractive quality, one which draws people to you in curiosity and interest. Next, know your niche. Focus on one specific target market. Know exactly who you are best suited to help. Speak to their specific needs using their language, referencing the set pieces of their world. A friend of mine here in Los Angeles had been a handyman, doing odd jobs, fixing things around people's homes. He decided he wanted to work in the film industry building movie sets, but had no idea how to get into the business. I didn't either, but when he asked me for advice, I suggested he go online, look up movie set building, and find all the words that look like industry jargon. Learn what they mean. In his first interview, having never been inside of a studio, he dropped these words into the conversation and was hired on the spot. The interviewer never even got around to asking him if he had ever done this type of work before. The guy must have thought, speaks our language, must be one of us. Being one of us is a strong and compelling draw to building faith and having the confidence in buying what you're selling. Until you surrender to the simple fact that you must become an expert at sales, you will always, always, always be engaged in struggle. In my seminars, one of the pieces of resistance most people have around becoming an expert in sales is the term salesperson. This term, for a lot of people, conjures up images of the used car salesman trying to unload the biggest lemon on the lot to the first sucker he can con into buying it. The old door-to-door salesperson sticking their foot in the door jam, relentlessly haranguing the homeowner until they agree to purchase their steak knives or vacuum cleaner. The very term salesperson brings up a whole host of visual misconceptions about what a salesperson truly is. So then, if not all that, what is a salesperson? When you know what that is, for you, you're instantly put into a much better position to design your own sales process. I had a friend who, for a short period of time, was homeless. Fortunately, he's now quite successful. But what he told me was, during his time as a street person, what made him the most afraid wasn't the idea of not having enough food or not finding shelter or even the dangers of living life on the streets. The thing that scared him the most was that being homeless started to become normal. He had a routine. In the morning, he'd beg for money as people went to work, find food, scavenge, get alcohol, connect with other street people. He became indoctrinated into the culture of homelessness. He could see that the concept of getting off the street began to slip away from him. It was then he knew his life was at a crossroads. As human beings, we have a near unlimited capacity to adapt to the things that are difficult for us. 
But the problem with our ability to adapt is this. The things that should be temporary can easily become a permanent way of living. People get stuck in the welfare system. People turn to drugs and alcohol as a temporary soothing mechanism for their immediate troubles. But those temporary solutions quickly become a permanent way of being. Now, this is what you're up against in sales. You're moving people outside of their current way of being. Someone who is unhappy may not seek out a life coach because they have normalized their dissatisfaction. They seek out soothing mechanisms to cover their unhappiness. Food, TV, Facebook, drugs, sex, booze, the mechanisms become the manageable way of living. Problem avoided, yet unsolved. Someone who has cockroaches in their house may get used to buying a can of Raid every week, setting out traps, just keeping them at bay. They become comfortable with being uncomfortable. As a salesperson, your job is to take people into their discomfort. You have to get them outside of their soothing mechanisms, outside of their adaptability. You have to get them thinking about all the things they're afraid to think about. You have to prepare them for spending the money they're afraid to spend. It's not that they love having cockroaches. It's that living with them has become manageable. Like life on the street for my previously homeless friend. So, what do you do? You paint a better picture than the one they're living in now. Help them to imagine waking up every morning, excited to start the day, engaged in life, where they never have to see another cockroach scurrying around their kitchen ever again. Now, they will resist. They'll do their best to hold on to their managed world. They'll say things to put you off. I'll think about it. Which they won't. Leave me some information to read. Which they won't either. Don't be seduced by these breadcrumbs leading you away from your sale. Remain steadfast. Disengage from their fears and continue to promote your vision of their world to them. A better world. One so compelling they're willing to take a step outside of their known universe and into the choice of spending their money with you. Ultimately, as a salesperson, you're going to have to recognize to achieve the highest levels of personal success in whatever business you're in, you will at some point be called pushy. You may be called manipulative or narcissistic or a whole host of other names that will be spoken by people who are committed to living their life in fear. All those words are all designed to do one thing, to get you to back off from promoting your vision of how their life can be better. They've sold themselves on living small, which makes your ideas for them terrifying. Don't let them sell you on their commitment of fear. Instead, hold firm to your vision for them, regardless of the pressure they put on you to relent. So, okay, that means you're going to be called pushy. It's good practice for you learning to stay helpful. Sales, selling, being a salesperson is perhaps the greatest endeavor into truly experiencing your value in the world. 
Regardless if it's life coach or cockroaches or anything in between, you're never selling what it is you do. You're selling a vision. It is endemic in the human experience. We want to help others. Yet you can't really help them until you take the responsibility of moving them over the hump of their own fears and into your service. Be bold. Be a little pushy. You'll find it truly fulfilling when they thank you for not giving up on them. That is selling.